Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. I'm so grateful to have you here today. I appreciate you so much. I really do. I know I say it every week, but I'm just so grateful for the time that you take out of your life to listen to the show and up-level you. I honor you for your commitment to being the best version of yourself while it's called today. There's an old saying, I don't even remember the first time I've heard it. I've heard it many times over from many different public speakers. And it goes something like this. What the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. I want you to think about that for a minute. What are all the things you can conceive of? That's the first step. Now think about that for a minute, okay? I don't know about you, but I have a wild imagination. I can conceive some amazing things, okay? There's even a Bible verse that says, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. That one really will twist your melon because it's like, wow, exceedingly above, above all that I can ask or even think. I can be pretty demanding and I can think some pretty extreme things. So if we go back to what your mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So first of all comes the ability to be able to even imagine it. Can you even imagine better? Can you imagine a mysterious world and make a book out of that, for example. Then the next piece comes belief. Now again, if we go back to a fantasy novel, say for example, um, you know, first you have to conceive it and then you have to believe that you can write it, okay? The same thing's true as an entrepreneur when we come up with a new course, a new program, or even we just start out. First, we have to conceive the concept of being in business for ourselves. Then, we have to be able to believe in ourselves enough to do it. And sometimes, sometimes the belief part is where we get stuck. We end up not believing in ourselves and therefore other people, the people that we were meant to serve, end up with less than in life because all the amazing things that we're able to do from the thing we can conceive, they fall short because we don't really believe it ourselves. So it's important that we start off conceiving it, that we have these big dreams, that we believe in God that has the ability to do exceedingly abundantly above that big dream. But then we have to to use that phrase I just used, we have to believe it. We have to add belief to that. When we take that belief and add it to the ability to conceive something, then we have the ability to achieve. All of us want to achieve things. There are very few people I've ever met that don't have hopes and dreams and aspirations. They're completely I don't want to achieve anything. You know, I just don't know anybody like that. And most of them that are feeling a little less than, it's because of stuff that's happened between they were and a little child. You never run into a small child that doesn't believe they can do it. You know, that's why they jump off at the top of roofs because they think they can fly because they saw it on TV. That's why they want to be the president of the United States and an astronaut and, and all those cool things is because they conceive it and they believe it. Somewhere along the lines, we stop believing, and that's when we stop achieving. So today I have three very different but very amazing authors that I'm talking to today that are going to share with you their thing that they conceived, how they added their belief to it, and how from that 
amazing things have come out. And that allows us the ability to really see them thrive in what they're doing in life. And at the end of the day, isn't that what it means to be a thriving entrepreneur? We've got three really great, amazing guests, and I want to jump right into it right now here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Join me in welcoming Billy Wright. Hey, Billy, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? I am doing good. So your book is called Earthly Worlds. Tell us a little bit about you and what inspired you to write the book. You know, um, I'm a father of nine. And, uh, and I have my youngest, who's three, who's with me 24 seven. Uh, I was a pro fighter for 30 years. And, uh, you know, I'm a business owner. I have a cattle ranch, a cattle operation up in Arizona. And, uh, you know, I just have these, uh, I have these crazy dreams. I mean, I don't know how to explain it. And, uh, and they, uh, so my kids, my older kids like, dad, you got to start writing this stuff down. You got to start writing this stuff down. Right waking up at two o'clock in the morning going, what on earth is a leprechaun fish, right? What's a leprechaun fish? So after Googling it and it doesn't exist, I started, well, okay, these are some pretty crazy dreams. <clears throat> so I uh, started making notes and writing them down. And that was uh, last year, probably the beginning of last year. Uh, oh, let's see, no, last year, it was in 2019. And so then I started writing all this stuff down and it became Earthly Worlds. I mean, it's, it's that simple. Um, you know, I'm not really a, I wouldn't consider myself a literary person or a book writer of any sort. You know, do I have books I've written? Yes. Uh, are they, would I consider myself a writer? No. <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit tricky, right? Um, uh, but it's awesome, man. It's awesome. I love the books. They're a lot of fun, right? They're magical. You know, Stuart and uh, the characters in the book very tangible very easy to get attached to and become a part of uh, and it takes you on quite a journey you know uh, with book one and then book two as well so and this is book one book two just came out as well tell us a little bit about the characters and what the concept of the story is all right well it's a fantasy adventure um Stuart Stuart is the main character, one of the one of the main characters. Liz, his wife, is another main character. Their kids, and all the fantastical creatures and and uh, and personages in in both worlds, the magical worlds and the earthly worlds. And uh, it's just a you know battle against good and evil as always, right? And um, you know you have the light magical kingdoms and the dark magical king- kingdoms, and and uh, Stuart's just a regular guy. He's a locksmith by trade. Uh, He's a blacksmith by hobby, and uh, he's just a, just a likable everyday guy. Um, you know, uh, Liz's wife's a school teacher. They're high school sweethearts. Got married, have kids. You know, they live a very uh, average life, and just you know, work hard every day. And they start having uh, things go happen in their life. You know, that um, uh, are, are magical, right? So. And they've always sort of believed in it, like I think we all hopefully do a little bit. You know, magic is real. And uh, in these worlds, take you on journeys like, you know, when you go into the Dark Magic Kingdom and you learn about the characters, Baron Tyrus, who's the, the lord of the Dark Magical uh, Kingdom, you know, and his blood throne, like he sits on this copper throne that it animates uh, and comes to life when he sits on it. Uh, just the description as you read, you'll, you'll visualize that what I've heard from my readers and the people who've read the book and critics alike and everybody and other authors as well. So it's, you know, kind of a compliment. I mean, I'm like, wow, okay, cool. You know, um, uh, they say the description, like it's a very visual book. So as you read the book, uh, you can easily, uh, see all the things that, uh, that are happening, you know, like, uh, you visualize the, the texture of the floors, you visualize the, the smell of the air, you'll visualize, or, you know, all these things you'll be able to, you will take you on that journey. And, and that's what they say makes the, these books, uh, so good between the, you know, between the cover, right? I mean, the pages, what, what's on the pages really matters. And the content is, is, uh, is put together pretty good. I had some people to help me edit it. Obviously I'm not an editor. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't have it for that, but, 
uh, you know, Mark and Travis and, and everyone that, that has worked with me on this um, has done a great job with the editing and helping me put together the book in the, in the correct format that it's supposed to be. So it's easy to follow. And, uh, and it's, it's fun. Like it's a lot of fun, really, honestly, you just got to pick it up and start reading. So of course the biggest critics of all, what did the kids think about it? You know, that's, that's a great thing. You know, I have, I have a, Mark Shulman is a friend of mine. He's the drummer for pink. Right. And uh, his daughter, Cade is, uh, I guess she's 12 or 13 now. And she read the book and loved it and can't wait for the sequel. Uh, another, because so, it's for all ages, like the book is for all ages. There's not really a, you know, it's kind of a PG. There's no, there's no heavy language. There's no heavy, like there's nothing that's heavy. I mean, a little bit of battle scenes and stuff like that between dark and, you know, the dark elves and the light elves and stuff like that. Right. Of course. Uh, but, but it's generally a light, easy read book. And so, um, Jerry Cher, who's a Academy Award winning producer, fantastic woman, just a remarkable mother and grandmother, uh, her grandson Griffin, uh, got a hold of the book and he's a 12 as well and read the book and sent me a text message. When's the sequel coming out? You know what I mean? So it's pretty exciting. And of course, all of my kids and and some of my grandkids, you know, I have uh, 17 grandkids. So some of my grandkids read it as well and everyone loves it, you know, and even the adults who read the book, they are taken, they're taken on a journey just like the kids are. And that's quite, it's quite remarkable. I mean, it's, it's a fun book. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I wrote it, honest. It's a fun book. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read all of it yet, but the, the initial parts of it that I did read, I've, really been enjoying reading it it is a fun journey and it does just kind of you know suck you in right from the beginning and take you you know say hey let's go for a ride a hundred percent yes sir yeah so um you know what what is your thinking now i mean i know you just originally felt like you needed to share these stories what what would you like to see happen with the book now we don't I mean everyone, of course, like what a, a New York Times bestseller, right? I mean, you know, who doesn't want to be a bestselling author? <laughs> so, I mean, I just want people to really enjoy the journey. I mean, um, and I'm going to finish the, the series. You know, the Earthly Worlds is a series, even though they're novels, it's still they're still series. Uh, it's a, still a series setup format. And uh, because the story is too big to tell in one book. So it has to be broken up, of course. And uh, uh, so I want people just to love it. You know, and if it goes to screenplay after, that would be awesome. I think it would make a terrific movie because of the characters are so uh, dynamic, you know. And, um, and so I look forward to that. I look forward to, you know, you know, writing book three. I'll probably start writing book three here towards October, November. It's a busy season for us in the, in the cattle business right now. So I got to kind of, I've been a little more tired than normal. <laughs> And uh, taking time to, to, to you know, to tend to the cow. I got, I got kids and cows up the wazoo. So I got to tend to the kids and tend to the cows, right? Both are pretty much uh, about the same amount of demanding. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. They want to eat yes. every day. And... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, so, I, uh, a... yeah. you know, we, uh, Earthly Worlds has really taken on a life of its own. And, um, and I think that it will, it, it's going to grow exponentially just because of that, if that makes sense, you know, um, it really is. And like you said, you've, you've started reading a bit. It really is, uh, spectacular. I don't know how to, I mean, the, the characters draw you, like they grab a hold of you and you'll identify with somebody, you know, whether it's Stuart, the main character, uh, the kids, uh, the magical, you know, the magical creatures, the magical people. Um, no matter who it is, they're going to, they're going to get a hold of you and, and, and it draws you in and you identify, you like, you'll, you'll find yourself identifying with, uh, with the characters in the book. And that makes it easy to believe. It makes it believable, you know, so. And, so and I guess that. I have to ask, since you, uh, teased it earlier, are there leprechaun fish in the book? There is a character, yes, Bob, and you will come to love Bob. Bob is an incredible character in the book. And, uh, you know, you can't say his name. Like, uh, his, his magical name is too difficult for humans to say. Uh, 
So they just call him Bob. <laughs> and so Bob is, is, uh, is a very unique character and a big part of it. He's a big, he's one of the bigger characters in the story. Really, I'm sorry, this, I don't, I have a, uh, can you see me? Hello? I lost your, I lost your image. I can still hear you, but I can't Let see me, Oh, there we go. It's, I got these big fat fingers, right? These hands. Oh, yeah, no worries. They're made for the delicate stuff. Yeah, well, they're made for grabbing cows and telling them who's boss. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, so, uh, the, yeah. the book is available uh, today. Actually, it's even free available on Amazon. Um, we would love for you to get it. I just put the link in there. It's also in the description. Um you know, and book two is out as well. So if you get just deeply into the story and you want to continue on, you can get, you know, at least two thirds of the way through the whole story that isn't quite done yet. Um, yeah. Billy, give us some words of encouragement or, you know, some things to take away uh, as we end up here. You know, I got to tell you, life is a, is a journey for all of us and we all have our own journeys to take. And, and I got to say, you know, um, last year was a difficult year for everyone. It's still difficult. You know, the world is uh, in a different place now than it probably has ever been. Uh, we all have suffered loss. We all have suffered uh, tremendous heartache and, and, uh, and, and frustration. And, and I got to say that, you know, you just, you just got to keep looking up and, and taking the positive steps forward and uh, know that, that it's, it, we make it better it's up to us to make it better, you know? So, um, Gandhi is brilliant. And I love the one thing that he said, one of his quotes is, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, you know? So just be that change, be, you know, be, be the best version of yourself, uh, regardless of the heartache and regardless of the setbacks and, and everything, because it will only be as good as you make it. I mean, that's about as, as simple as I can say it, you know? Absolutely. The book is called Earthly Worlds. It's by Billy Wright. Billy, thank you so much for being with us here on the show today. Thank you, too, very much. I appreciate it. my little three-year-old just walked in. So, hey, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I really appreciated that Billy took this concept and he turned it into a story. And now book two's out too. If you haven't gotten it, you can get that. And has created a whole fun, new, fantastical world that we can go to and we can imagine. His mind conceived it. He believed he could do it. And now he's achieved international best-selling author. That's exciting stuff. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free, it's guaranteed, it's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about conceiving and then believing in it to achieve. In the first segment, we were talking about an amazing story that came out of the concept that Billy had in his mind. And next, we want to move on to what you can do when you have an idea 
of something that can help revolutionize people's lives. Join me in welcoming Harut McCurry. And hey, Harut, how are you doing today? Hi, Steve. Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. So your book is called Mobility and Inclusion. Tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do in the world. So uh, a little bit about me. I have been an aerospace engineer for the good part of the past 15 years. And I uh, found my calling really advocating and designing for an accessible world for all. Uh, when my grandparents became completely dependent on caregivers. And I saw how um, they suffered physically, emotionally, and mentally. And it really inspired me to found uh, Markbotics, which is a company uh, where I'm currently am the CEO. And the mission is to provide mobility challenged individuals um, an efficient and affordable robotic platforms to, um, you know, to easily perform activities of, of daily living. Um, and uh, that's how, when I first started the company, the kind of, it was around the pandemic uh, time. So uh, when that happened, I was doing a lot of research, which led to the creation of the book. Uh, and that's how really mobility and inclusion came about. And also with the creation of the book, I, uh, I, did, I started a podcast called Mobility and Inclusion as well. Mobility is, you know, especially when you talk about including people in it, I was thinking the other day, and you can verify this for me, but how many even just office buildings are set up to really be inclusive for people with different disabilities? Uh, see, that's, and that's, uh, that's a good uh, question, really. Um, they have been many attempts um, to make our built environment more accessible. And, uh, you know, we've come a long way since, I don't know, since a long time ago. But uh, now we find, we find that mindset more present, but it's still not a lot of offices are accessible to people with disabilities. And uh, we're not only talking about mobility challenge individuals, we're talking about disabilities in, in general. And to make things accessible, to make our, our buildings, environment, our services, our uh, products more accessible, really takes a holistic look. Uh, so we can't just say, for example, our office, is, our office is not accessible. Sometimes the office is accessible, but the tools you use in the office are not accessible. So it should be the whole package type of thing. And uh, we're not, we are better than what we were before, but we're not where we need to be yet. Yeah, I was just thinking even simply about all the doors in an office building. So you have these nice ADA compliant restrooms and elevators and things like that, but then they can't get into any of the rooms, especially like conference rooms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, the, the, uh, the other day I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, you know, it's really simple to create wider doors and you just take the uh, rims out of, of the doorway just by taking the rims out, that gives you a wider um, uh, uh, doorway, I guess, a wider doorway that, you know, mostly any mobility device or, or any device that is used by a person with disability can fit through there, you know? And we don't have to change our entire situation. We have to make small adjustments and it'll make a huge difference on, on, on the people really looking for that. And you don't deal just with people in wheelchairs. You deal with people with all kinds of, especially the robotics end of things, right? Absolutely. So uh, the wheelchairs is unfortunately the one area that is talked the most because people see wheelchairs more often than anything else, really. You know, and when you when you when you think disability, you think wheelchair directly. Like on, you know, a lot of a lot of people. Are like that, and I was one of those too, you know. Until I, I got into this uh, this this field, uh, it's just recently that in the past maybe two two three years that I started knowing the different kind of kinds of disabilities that exist. So specifically speaking, your company. Uh, because there isn't a lot of robotics involved also in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. What kind of devices are you helping to build? 
So right now, that's one thing I want to clarify, really. I'm not someone who's coming into this community and telling them what to fix. Uh, my, my goal is to partner with the community and provide solutions together, come up with solutions, right? And that's, that's, a, that's a big uh, big part of what I do. And I think it is because of that that I am more appreciated from many, uh, many people that I've, I've, I've worked with. Now, in terms of the product that I'm creating, uh, I'm creating these products with the help of people with disabilities. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to put a pro product out and people tell me, oh, why did you do this? Like, we rarely even are going to use it. So I don't want that to happen. Uh, so right now I have, you know, as I said, I'm a, I'm a startup. So I'm looking for investors and I have my first product uh, and I have a prototype for that first product. And it helps people with low motor skills, people on wheelchairs, uh, people who cannot bend over really to uh, pick things up from the ground. Because every time you're uh, someone with a hip problem, with a knee problem, basically with a low motor skills, right? They're trying to bend over to pick something up. They're risking a fall. And when they risk a fall, they could lead to other complications. And we're trying to solve that problem we're trying to keep that from happening but with, with this product. Asha was at the bank last month and um, and I think her mobility issue just had to do with old, you know, being older. Yeah. But um, I actually saw a lady that, you know, went over, smacked her head on the on the cement. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately it's the number one uh, cause of a lot of complications uh, during the um, uh, you know, for for elderly, it's it's falling, and why why do people fall uh, other than uh, not being attentive when they're walking around? It's a lot of time they're trying to pick something up from the ground, whether whether they're doing laundry or they dropped uh, I don't know a piece of fruit, a utensil, uh, and this is I'm talking about you know household situations, things that can be avoided really, you know, uh, and that's what we're addressing. That is such an important product, too, because anybody that's dealt with any type of limited mobility, especially when it comes to the ground, can tell you just how scary it is, especially when you get to the point where you're just like, no, it's just going to have to stay there. Hopefully somebody will come by someday and pick it up, because if they don't, exactly. it's that's, a permanent part of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what you don't want, you know, and a lot of people, for example, the, uh, the way I came out with this product is through my podcast. I was, you know, hosting a guest uh, who had a spinal cord injury, and after after the show, he came to me a couple of weeks later, said, "Oh, if if I had this product, it will make my life a lot easier. Now I don't have to wait for my caregiver when I drop something to come and pick it up, or if I fall on the ground, I don't have to wait for someone to pick me up and put it back on my chair, you know. So, and it's it's a real concern, you know." Uh, you said, you know, become a permanent part of the floor. And that's in, in some cases, that's reality till someone gets to you, you know, and especially if you don't have the upper body strength, you don't have, uh, uh, you know, good motor skills in your hands to pull yourself up. Uh, that can happen. Yeah. Anybody that's never been through the incident. Um, and for me, it was, you know, I overdid it. And so, you know, I had fatigued my muscles to the point where, so I, you know, I was able to rebound eventually, but, you know, you have that moment where you're laying there on the ground and you're just like, okay, this is where I am, for, you know, for the little bit of the, my life that's left, you know? Yeah. Actually, uh, actually my, uh, my neighbor uh, a month ago or a couple of months ago, uh, she had a hip replacement surgery. And this is someone who doesn't use, or maybe she uses a walker or something, but in the house, she rarely uses the walker and she bent over to pick up her newspapers uh, in the morning and she fell, hit her head. Right now, her head was bleeding. Uh, she started calling for help and, you know, we're door to door. So uh, it, this was at 630 in the morning and it was easy to my wife. I was, you know, I was at, at work at the time, uh, but my wife heard her. And, you know, we have a baby in the house, so she went to help. But because she's heavy she wasn't able to pick her up. So we had to call 911. Then 
911 people came, uh, the firemen came, and they, you know, with four really built men, they were barely able to pick her up because at this point, you don't even want to overdo it because she might have dislocated something while she fell, right? So you have to be careful. That's why, um, you know, you have to, even the, the caregiver has to make good decisions at times. Absolutely. So you are looking for investors. Um, is it just the traditional route with angel investors? Do you have a, um, a Kickstarter campaign? What kind of investors are you looking for? So, uh, uh, spoiler alert, this is my first, uh, first take or first crack at, uh, entrepreneurship, right? I've been employed for the uh, majority of, of my uh, career. And now I find myself in the situation where I really want to devote myself to this company and to the, this, uh, this, this community. Uh, so uh, I've done a lot of research, um, and I do have a pitch deck, but when you ask me what kind of investors I'm looking for, I guess the answer to that is I'm looking for the right kind of investor, meaning the investor that has similar heart to mine, to, to mine and is willing to help people. Of course, all the other uh, business acumen has to be there as well from both ends, either my end or, or his or her, her end. Um, but I can tell you whether it's angel investor or venture capitalist or whatever other type of investors there are out there. I don't have a Kickstarter yet. That's something I'm trying to start uh, or not. I'm trying to start. I will start uh, soon. Just, uh, and just, be, and you know, the reason I start, I haven't started yet because I'm also expecting a baby. So I'm helping my wife out with a lot of the, her stuff, you know, make sure that she's okay. But after that, I believe that, However, or wherever the investor comes from, I believe I'm going to be in front of the investor, the right investor, and make a big impact. Mm, I absolutely do too. So for people who might be interested in investing or just even supporting you at all, how can they uh, get in contact with you, know more about what you're doing, listen to your podcast, all that stuff? So the, pod, the podcast is called Mobility and Inclusion. I have a YouTube channel. They can go watch it there. And it's listed on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, uh, and a bunch of other uh, hosting platforms. Um, they can email me at Harut, uh, H-A-R-O-U-T-M, at, at markbotics.com. Mark Botics is the name of the, of the company. And Mark Botics is spelled M-A-R-K-B-O-T-I-X. Um, and that's 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 my email address, or they can reach out, uh, you know, uh, on my phone number, 818-564-5244. And as I said, I have a pitch deck. I can uh, show them the... Uh, uh, the, show them the pitch deck, of course. Uh, talk, introduce myself, introduce my uh, my my mission, my vision with this company, with this product, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, will they will see a benefit. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. Well, the book is called Mobility and Inclusion, and while we're talking about that, real quick, I am going to put the link into the chat. For people that didn't see it in the description, <laughs> um, you know, you can get the book today for free on Amazon, uh, the ebook, and I really do hope people will support it. Uh, Harut, uh, give us one last, uh, you know, just kind of negative truth before we close out today. A negative truth. Nugget of truth. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, what's a negative truth? Okay. Uh, a nuggets of truth. Uh, well, it's, uh, you know, Another podcast guest of mine told me one thing uh, when we talked about inclusion. Inclusion is really used a lot these days. And as far as I'm concerned, all in the wrong context. Uh, when I talk about inclusion, I talk about, you know, we are all souls at the end of the day. Right. So we are equal and we have duties toward one another to support each other, to make sure that everyone is, um, you know, is, is living life to its full potential, to their full potential. 
Um, and that's what inclusion is all about, really. You know, you don't you don't look at the person, you look at uh, or you don't you don't look at the capabilities or the limiting beliefs that you have when you see someone, right? You look at the person inside and you don't predetermine what this person can or cannot do. You just let them show you what are they capable of, you know, and then you include them in society. And, you know, just a, another nugget of truth uh, here is that 85% of people with disabilities acquire their disability later in life. So all of us have a big chance of, at one point, of becoming temporarily or permanently disabled. So that's why we have to make the necessary adjustments now and not wait till we're early 70s, right? Like uh, getting into, uh, into, into um, that age where where we're becoming more vulnerable, our bodies are becoming more vulnerable, or wait for us to have an accident or um, battle a, sp a specific type of uh, sickness to start making uh, a change and to start making things more accessible because the statistics are there and only 15% of the population are born uh, with a disability, the rest acquired at one, one, one point in their lives. So uh, it's very important to be accessible, to learn about accessibility, to learn about, to, to being inclusive and just support one another. Well, Harood, I really appreciate you spending some time here on the show with us today. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you for your time. Think of the lives that are now being impacted with the devices that Harut is creating to help them have the mobility that was taken from them and also allowing them to be included in businesses that sometimes don't even think about the things they're going through. What a great way to conceive something, believe something, and then achieve greatness from it. We're going to take our next commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking about the things that you can conceive of then put your belief to that you can achieve. And I love that we have this last guest because she's going to give you some ideas about things that you may not have thought of that are very good possibilities of things that you can do with your company to make money with it, to really advance that concept that you had beyond the belief state into something powerful, something amazing that's going to make a difference in the world, and then ultimately also gives you the opportunity to move on to the next thing. Join me in welcoming Jessica Vyakovich. How are you, Jessica? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. 
Yeah. So, um, I'm a business exit expert. Um, so I'm an entrepreneur and I focus in helping people buy and sell businesses. Um, so it looks like uh, I own a business brokerage firm, which is like a realtor for businesses. Um, and I do also some coaching and consulting, getting business owners ready to sell as well. Boy, have you ever had one of those days where you just want to sell your business? Tell me, how can I get rid of my business today? <laughs> I know. Believe me, it happens to me too. <laughs> like, there's just some days where it's, it's time, right? What do people look for? What do you need to have in place in order to be able to sell a small business? Yeah. So with small businesses, there's a couple of things. Um, the first we talk a lot about is having good financial records. Um, so that means, um, you know, P uh, profit and loss statements, balance sheets, um, that really are clean and organized and consistent year to year, hopefully prepared by a bookkeeper or, or your accountant. And that's really like, it's like the verification or the inspection part of a business sale um, for a buyer. So that's, that's really important. It's also important because the buyer will give those records to their banker to ensure they, they can get a loan to give you money to buy your business. So that's um, definitely the most important part. The, the second part is either, you know, your role in the business as a small business owner is usually the most important role. So either if you can get more off your plate by delegating your day-to-day -day tasks to your staff leading up to sale, or if you can't do that, at least document and create a training process so you can transfer those skills easily to the buyer after the, the transaction occurs. Those are probably the two top things um, that I recommend in order to get your business ready for sale. If you have more time, there's like more you can do to increase the likelihood the business will sell and increase the valuation. But say, you know, you've got you have three months or so before you're going to market. Those are the first two things I tell people to do. So we've probably all watched way too much Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. um, and it probably has us totally wrong in what we're doing. But, um, you know, can a person actually sell a business that isn't showing a profit? Yes, but it's very difficult. Um, so there's a couple different methods you can value businesses on. And, and the, the method we mainly focus on is called the market method. And, and what we do there is we look at your earnings and we apply a multiple of those earnings. And it's, it's similar that what like Damon John or, or Kevin O'Leary would talk about in their valuation methods on, on Shark Tank. But if a business isn't making money, we can value the business based on the assets only. And that could be hard assets like computers and desks and things like that. But it could also be your, your soft assets, like your customer list or your brand. But unfortunately, if, if we have to use the asset method, we're usually taking um, a discount on, on what that business would be worth if it is profitable. So yeah, it's able to be sold, but often the business owner probably won't get what they deserve if they're not showing a profit. Okay, so, and a lot of small businesses, you know, even just from the simple concept of none of us want to pay any taxes if we could, but we want to yep. reduce it. How do you minimize your taxable liability and have a profitable business at the same time? Did I ask that in a legal way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. We're not talking to the IRS here, so it's totally fine. Um, so there's a there's a couple ways you can do it. There's something called um, add backs and valuations. So that would be like, say you have a personal cell phone that you run the expense through the business or um, a car or a vehicle that you use sometimes for business. So the business expenses fall on the business PL, but it's, it's really your personal vehicle. Um, and like I said, we're not IRS and I'm not an accountant, but what you can do is you can take those expenses and add them back to your earnings. And that actually, um, num that number, which includes those add backs is the earnings number we use to determine the value, not the net profit. So you can do that. Um, you don't want to get over ambitious with adding back expenses. Um, so oftentimes I recommend to people, uh, leading up to a sale, talk to their accountant and see, maybe there's a way to form a second company, a second LLC, where you're, you're running most of those, uh, we'll call them gray expenses through this new LLC. So you still get the tax benefit, but you're able to create a, P, a clean profit and loss statement for the business that you're trying to sell. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. 
Um, so if you've been running, we'll call it lean. You love how I'm mm -hmm. dodging the IRS here. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're running a really lean, low taxable income business, but you're getting ready to the point where you want to increase your value in the company, what are some things that a person should be doing that they probably aren't? Yeah. So if you're getting ready for sale, at least the year before, I'd probably start running it less lean, right? Like, so um, maybe not running those expenses through the business. So you can show a larger profit at least a year in advance. Um, if you can do it two or three years in advance, there's, um, there's more likelihood that the buyer will qualify for bank financing too, which is good for the business owner. Cause that means more cash in their pocket from the bank. Um, but even a year out that can make a big difference. And I know it would result in some maybe higher taxes that year, but it would also make the business, um, sellable and for more money. So, that, so that's one thing I would suggest doing. Um, if you do have personal expenses in the business or some of these gray expenses that the new owner wouldn't take on, I would document them. So I would keep them in you know, one or two categories in QuickBooks or your accounting software, have documentation and receipts to, to really back up that it would be a non-necessary expense moving forward for the business. So we can take those ad backs and we can show the buyer like actual documentation of, you know, Hey, we just rebuilt the website, but we only have to do that once every 10 years. So that's not really an expense you're going to incur next year, things like that. That makes total sense. So if you were to get to pick your absolutely perfect customer, who do you like to work with? Um, it's a great question, Steve. So Really, I think it comes down to not the type of business, not the size of business. We, we love working with small businesses. So most of our clients are doing under a million in gross revenue. We work with much larger companies and much smaller, but that's our typical client. But I really love working with the family businesses um, that have built this this thing for themselves over 10, 20, 30 years. And I, I particularly have a, an affinity for husband and wife teams because I'm a part of a husband and wife team. So you know, one of my favorite clients we ever worked with was a husband and wife that built um, a bricklaying company together for 40 years. And they were ready to retire and they had really um, no plans for the, the retirement or the celebration of the sale. I said, you know, I said to one of the sellers, I said, what are you going to do when you like close the deal? He's like, I'm going to take my grandkids to Red Lobster. And I, he was just so happy about that. And that's really what touches my heart in these transactions is just, they've built a life together as a husband and wife and as business partners, and they've built a great uh, legacy and financial success for their family that they can now go share with them. What is the uh, frustration? What's the thing that people come to you with that you wish they had dealt with before you even got into the mix? What's the thing they could do to set themselves up? Hmm. You know, it's very difficult to change the situation when you're selling a business last minute. And, and, and to be honest, most people decide to sell last minute. They wake up one day and they're burnt out or their general managers quit, or unfortunately, like they have a family health scare and they have to sell. What I really wish is that at least business owners would educate them themselves on the process of selling. Like how does a business sale work? What's my business going to be valued at? What are going to be some stumbling blocks? Um, a, a year or two, or even, even further out leading up to sale. I mean, I wish it, it was something we talked about when we're starting businesses that this is, this is how you get out. This is, this is the exit strategy. This is how you leave if you have to. And that way, if that trigger happens and there's a necessity to sell tomorrow, at least they're mentally prepared about the, the process they're about to go through. Mm, mentally prepared. What would you say is the biggest thing that mentally a person has in their mind that's a misconception? So we could talk about price, right? Because the valuation factor is, is a big deal. Um, most business owners think their, their company is worth more than it is. When I sold my first business, I thought it was worth more than it was. Um, but I, I think the thing that people don't realize and don't expect as much, but I see it happen in almost every deal 
is they think they're ready to sell and they're ready to move on. But once the business is sold, they, they have almost a grieving period. Um, because as small business owners, a lot of our, our identity and role are tied together as being the owner of this business. And if you, you don't have anything the day after the sale there, there is like a little bit of a grieving period. Like you, you think you should be celebrating, but you're like, wait, what am I supposed to do today? Like if my role is gone, what is not my, now my identity in the world? And, um, I, I think that's just as big of a mental challenge as, as the valuation piece. So let's be good teachers. Let's teach a person one thing that they should start doing right now regularly in their business so that when they all of a sudden decide that they are going to sell their business this week, that they're already set up for success. What, what I would do is just when you're going through your day-to-day or your week-to-week stuff, think about like how you would think about how would I delegate this to a new hire or something like that? Think about how would I transition this piece of the business to a new owner? And it doesn't have to be in your like weekly meetings, right? But say, say you're thinking about starting a new marketing campaign. How do I teach a new owner of the business? How do I transition this to somebody else? Um, and every type of project or service or product that you launch, if you have that mindset and even on the best part, document that, I, I think that is really starting to put some value into the business in terms of, of processes and transition, but it's also mentally preparing you for at some point, this business is no longer going to be mine. Mm, that makes so much sense. I want to, just before we end here, I want to take a little bit of a left turn at Albuquerque and talk yeah. about the other side of the fence. Cause you also help people who want to buy businesses. What yep. do we need to have in place in order to be a legitimate business buyer? Yes. So first it would be relationships. Um, so if you're looking to buy a business, there's a lot of different ways to finance that transaction. And, and most of those come from banks. So coming to the deal with some banking relationships is really helpful and sets you apart from the other buyers in the marketplace that really haven't established um, those, those relationships yet. Um, it also is helpful to come with an attorney and accountant, just partners you're going to work with. And then really having a clear vision of what you're looking for. Um, we get a lot of, on the on the buy side, I get a lot of email daily for buyers that say, hey, I'm looking for a good profitable business in the Rocky Mountains. Great. That's like hundreds of businesses, right? And it's just like when you're talking about defining a niche when you're targeting customers and marketing, it's the same thing when you're shopping for businesses. I'm much more likely as a broker to remember someone that says, I'm looking for a roofing company that's located in the Denver Metro area where the owner is really in a sales role. And then I, I know I'll come across that business. And as soon as I do, I'm immediately going to connect it to that buyer. So, you know, have your financing in order with your, your good referral partners, and then also um, really define what you're looking for in terms of the perfect business for you. And do you work predominantly with people in the Denver slash Colorado area, or do you work all over the country? We work uh, a little bit all over the country. We have offices in Denver, Dallas, and we're actually getting ready to open an office in Las Vegas as well. All right. Now we can buy a, a business in Vegas, which yeah. may not be as cool as it sounds right up front, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so how can a person get in contact with you? Yeah. That, and, and I appreciate you asking Steve. So you can follow me on social media. My handle is at Jessica Fiakovich on all my social media channels. If you're interested in like just tips and tricks on buying and selling too, you can be added to my personal email list at exitfactor.com backslash tips. I send out one tip on buying or selling a business every week. Um, and that comes from my personal email too. So if you have questions, you can just reply to that and let me know what your question is. And please spell Fiakovich for us. Yes, it is F as in Frank, I-A-L-K-O-V-I-C-H. Jessica Fiakovich, at Jessica Fiakovich or jessicafiakovich.com or any of those, and they can get a hold of you. Yes, exactly. Perfect. So do you have any closing remarks that you'd like to give to the people about buying or selling a business? I would just say, you know, it's actually a whole undiscovered market out there. 
of buying and selling small businesses. And, and it's actually a very big industry. And I think if you just do a little exploration, um, it, you, your eyes will be open to what their possibilities are maybe in the future for your company. So it's interesting and it's a lot of fun too. Well, Jessica, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show here today. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate all that all three of our guests today did to take that concept. So many times we get good ideas. We have things that could make such a huge difference, even in our own lives, let alone in the lives of others. Um, And then they sit there. Have you ever seen a product like maybe being, uh, you know, talked about on television and you're like, I totally came up with that idea. I did that. Have you ever heard a song on the radio and you're like, I wrote that song. I know all about that song. I'm the one that did that. And yet, though you conceived it, maybe you even put it down on paper. You know, maybe you even took some time to be able to develop the whole thing but then you didn't have enough belief to take it to the next step. Sometimes we need somebody else to come in with our concepts and take them from where we can get them to to the next level, and that's okay too. Other times, what we really just need to do is we need to add that belief to the concept that we have so that we can then take it across the finish line we can make that huge difference that this idea that came to our mind, dare I even call it the divine inspiration that we had, we can take it across the finish line into something that makes a difference in people's lives, that helps them be able to live better, to know better, to do better, simply because of the fact that we showed up as the best version of ourselves while it's called today. I say that a lot, don't I? I really want you to understand that we tend to get all caught up, strung up in the, uh, entangled, if you will, in the net of what was or what might be in the future. And we miss today. And so much amazing stuff happens. The sun came up, or maybe the rain came down. All of the beautiful things that are today. And that only comes from when we focus on being the best version of ourselves today. Taking that thing that our mind conceives of today. Adding our belief to it. And then, you know, some work and effort. Unfortunately, it always takes that, doesn't it? And seeing that amazing thing that's achieved from that thing that we conceived and then believed in. Because I need you to know you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world needs you to take all those things that you conceive of, you add your belief to them, and see what can be achieved from that amazing stuff that is you. I hope that this is an amazingly great week for you, that you're happy, safe, warm, and loved, and that until we're together again next time, that you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission stand out with your brand out (laughs) check this out guys yep everything's marketing and marketing is everything your existing book can become a best-selling book or even hey like mine a number one international best-selling book in five days listen if your business isn't known by everybody it's obscurity and that's death right the same thing is true for your book if you're not happy with the way your book is performing you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with Steve
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. You